right, everybody, and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And uh, today we're going to be talking about spoilers. Uh, it seems like we talk about spoilers a fuck ton. And why is that? Because they need to keep you buying cards. And how do they do that? They just ramp up the release of sets and promos and secret layers. And every one of those things gets spoilers. So there's spoilers like every two weeks. Now the, yeah. Yeah, pretty much, every, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the cycle continues. And so we, we shall be here. Um, uh, oldest since our last, where we covered the, uh, I think the last spoiler we covered was the Fable Passage, the, the promo. Uh, after that, we got the Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, which, uh, as I have stated, is like one of my favorite fucking things. They, we finally got Driss Doerden, Brunor Battlehammer, and Loth Spider Queen. So, for those of you who do not know, Driss Doerd and Brunor Battlehammer uh, are two of the main characters from the Arya Salvatore novels set in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, Driss Doerd is a drow. So, he is a dark elf who lives in the Underdark and basically drow are set to be very cunning and evil and blah 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 and he doesn't want to do any of that. So, he rebels against that and gets uh, a lot of flack for it, and in doing so decides, uh, fuck this, I'm leaving, and comes to the surface. And everybody hates Drow because everybody knows them as uh, skeevy uh, killing machines. So he has to work against his Drow heritage to uh, become a hero and all that shit. And he meets a party full of people and gathers them up. So one of those people is Brunor Battlehammer. Now there should be, now there should be two more people in this cycle, at least, if they, uh, if they do Wolfgar, the barbarian, and Cadibri, which is Brunor's daughter, and then, uh, I literally forgot the name of the halfling. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, the one who gets ca kidnapped? Oh, God, I... Anyway, I know a, who you're talking about, I can't there's a, right there's now. a halfling... Uh, in there as well, but for the sake of, uh, for the sake of time, uh, Driz Doerden, he's a five drop, he's Celestnia. Now that was one thing we had talked about, um, Drizzt's, uh, color identity. We were going to be really upset if they put black in there, because that's yeah. part of his whole shtick, is that he is someone who wants to create a better tomorrow for everyone, and he's a ranger, so he's very in tune with the forest and nature and all that shit. Uh, so he's a five drop, uh, three uh, white and green for an elf ranger with double strike. And when Drizdo Erden enters the battlefield, create Guinevere, a legendary 4-1 green cat creature token with trample. Whenever a creature dies, if it had power greater than Drizzt's power, put a number of 1-1 one, one counters on Drizzt equal to the difference. And he's a 3-3. Three, three. So, 5-drop for a 3-3 three, three double strike, so essentially a 6-6 six, six almost. Yeah. And then he gets fatter, as you kill things that have bigger power than him. Uh, Guinevere is here entirely pretty much for flavor, but they literally took the card from that promo, the stick-on card, and just kind of worded it a little differently, and it's the same card. Because that card, yeah. uh, which was a uh, inside a... Not a comic, a magazine. Uh, 
Inquest magazine. Yeah, Inquest magazine released these promos of uh, legendary literary heroes and stuff. And you could get Conan the Barbarian and uh, Tarzan, Drist, Sauron, and shit like that. And uh, in doing that, they uh, Drist in that sense pretty much did the same thing. He created a Guinevere token. Uh, and when something died, I think they got, he just got a plus one, plus one, I think. Yeah. I don't think he had double strike. No, he didn't. But um, he might have had, like, forest walk or some dumb... Something like that. Fucking whatever. Yeah. But uh, I like this better than that, obviously. Um, and pretty pretty interesting Celestia General that uh, gets uh, larger as things die. Normally that is, like, a, a black ability. But now it's uh, Celestian, you know? I think it kind of, like, encompasses how Drist levels up, quote-unquote, in the D&D universe. Yeah. Kills something that's bigger than him, levels up. Um, yeah. (coughs) Brunor Battlehammer, his uh, compatriot. Uh, First of all, I think it's stupid that he's a fucking uncommon uh, yeah. Brunor Battlehammer was like a secondary main character, um, and he's I, he should have been a rare. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so first of all, he's a five three dwarf warrior for two and Boros. So uh, red and white, or Lorehold, if you're just coming in after Strixhaven. Yeah. Uh, each creature you control gets plus two plus zero oh for each equipment attached to it. And you may pay zero rather than pay the equip cost of the first equip ability you activate each turn. That's uh, pretty good for Boros. That's right in line with big smashies and punchies and things like that. Yeah. Um, are you gonna be uh, are you gonna be building this man? Uh, I don't. I don't. I've thought about it. I don't know if I'm going to. I I know for sure, 100 percent, he is going to go into my. All, the already Boros equipment deck that I have, which is Real the Arden and and and, and, uh, yeah. and that. So yeah, I mean it's gonna go in there. I feel like the card itself is really good. I mean, definitely worthy of building commander deck around if you wanna, you know, build around it for sure. It's good enough. Yeah, I think five three for four. Um, honestly, if you would just make it a rare and give it a an attack evasion ability or something like that, give them double strike or first strike or yeah. You know, anything. Trample. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And then he'd be rare. That'd be fine with me. Yeah. But uncommon, like, he's like a legendary, he's a dwarf king. I feel like they definitely under, they like, they they nerfed him hard. By making it an uncommon, they had to, like, nerf the yeah. power level a little bit, which I feel is, like, unfair to his character in D&D. Yeah, fair. And honestly... If they put him at uncommon, what's it rare? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. True. Does that mean the rest of the troop that is with just Doerden, uh, they are also uh, going to be uncommon? Yeah. You know, is, you know, what what's going to happen there? And uh, just so everyone knows, if, you're, if it's your first time hearing or seeing any of these, uh, these names, uh, the, the, the ranger guy... Is Drist Doerden, right? It's kind of uh, 
what's the word? Intimidating to try and look at and say the first time. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, the pronunciation. I've seen quite a few people saying like, oh man, I wasn't expecting the names to be so hard to pronounce or, or whatever, but yeah, I mean, that... That's anyone's first time when cracking open, like, a novel or something and, like, reading through it and it's, like, high fantasy names. Like, yeah, you know, that's always something you go through. Definitely. And the third uh, from the D&D stream was Lolf Spider Queen. Uh, Lolf is a god in D&D and she's a bitch. She is not a good god. Yes. Uh, reflected in her mana cost. She's three and two black. For a four starting loyalty planeswalker with the static ability, whenever a creature you control dies, put a loyalty counter on Lolf. Uh, her, she has a plus. She has a zero ability, which says you draw a card and lose one life. She also has a minus three that says create two, two one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. That's uh, good. It kind of stops evasion, and, and with one toughness, those suckers are gonna die, and you're gonna put loyalty counters on Wolf. Yeah. Uh, and then you get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control. If that player lost less than eight life, they lose life equal to the difference. So if you manage to uh, ping uh, everybody on your turn for one, they'll take seven at the end of turn. I think that's how that reads. Whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage, one or more creatures you control, if that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to difference. So, yeah, if you have, like, 1-1 one, one unblockables or whatever, you know, what is it? Tormented Soul and Tormented Changeling or Changeling, what, the ninja one? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the unblockable one. Yeah, the yeah. one, it's just like, okay, you hit someone for one and now they take seven. yeah. Yeah, and one thing I did see, too, that works with that as well is if, say, you have a creature that, a 1-1 that has double strike, now you hit them for 16 total because you hit them for the first damage, and then they take the 7, and then the second no, damage no, they it's take. No, it's a cumulative end of turn. Oh, is it? I thought it was just at the end of the damage that was dealt to them, like, during combat. If that player lost less than 8 life, this turn, so it would oh, okay. only proc on oh, the first tr- one. Triggers the first time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Eh, well, still. Anyway, it's still insanely good. Yeah. It makes a one-one now hit for eight total. Yeah. Uh, I do. Good. I'm like, eh, it's only combat damage. Uh, I guess if you're, if you've got a bunch of one ones or, like Shadowborn Apostles, and you don't care if they die, and you just sling them at people and make sure to get, you know, you're gonna get damage. And the things that you throw at people are going to die, so Lolf gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, expect like I do like that static ability, though, because then it's just basically like if you have a few creatures, cast that and have a sack outlet and just immediately sack everything and alt it. Like, yeah. it's pretty easy, I feel like, to be able to get that to eight, like, in the turn you have her come out. So... I don't think that's, like, a a hard thing to do. Yep. So that's all we've gotten anymore for the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Let's talk uh, Modern Horizons 2. Some uh, spicy shit. 
Yeah. Cabal Coffers reprint, baby. Hell yeah. Now, Finally. It's at fucking Mythic. Which is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, considering it was, what, an uncommon? Uh, uncommon and yeah. dormant? Yeah. Come on. Mythic? We don't look at the secondary market. We're just going to put this uncommon at Mythic now because it's fucking $135. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Force of Negation gets a, a old border print. So does uh, Giver of Runes. We got the new Is It uh, Legendary Creature, Usury. Coin Flip Man. Yeah. Interesting card. I do like that. Yeah, for one and Is It or, uh, or Prismari. Uh, flying 2 3 Efreet. That whenever Usury Fortune's Flame attacks, choose a number between one and five and flip that many coins. For each flip you win, draw a card. For each flip you lose, Usury deals two damage to you. If you won five flips this way, you may cast spells from your hand this turn without paying their mana costs. You know, you get uh, those things that um, modify your flip results. Yeah, so, like Crock Stum. Yep. Yeah. Still, that seem, seems kind of hard to pull off, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely ways to manipulate it a little bit to your benefit, but, I mean, you know, that's some pretty... Pretty hard chances to be able to flip all of them, but I mean, if you do, man, be, could be cool. You're drawing a bunch of cards and getting to play things for free, so yeah. yeah. And if you're playing, this guy could easily be in the 99 or have someone in the 99, the Zunder Split and Ocon. Yep. You could just say five every time and flip five fucking coins. Yeah. You know, even if you win two, Ocon's power gets double twice. You draw two cards. Seems pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, I know uh, Thrasta Tempest's Roar was one that uh, thought caught your fancy, Dale, with the trample over Planeswalkers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty pumped about that. I feel like that's a long time coming, and I really do like it. Even, even though for me it's definitely just going to be an in-the-99-type green good stuff, but, like... I know I've seen all the lists already with the food chain food combo chain, yeah. decks and storming off and all that, but yeah, for me definitely just a '99 card, good stuff. And personally, I really wish they would have just maybe updated the rules for a trample to just make it trample over planeswalkers. Like I feel like it's kind of redundant to have to have like trample and trample over planeswalkers on a thing like i see that like i I just have always felt like trample should just trample over planeswalkers but yeah yeah eh. either way cards i think is really good i think it won't be too hard to get that out and, and you know it'll be fun to play around with so we have a return of the evoke uh evoke cards uh which kind of have to give that feel of like um the like what are they called? The emotion cards? Wonder and anger and... Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Fuck, what's the... Brawn. Brawn, yeah, brawn. And there's, there's a whole... There's a ton of them. Yeah, Dread like in, and... Incarnation. It was that's like Incarnation it, yeah. cycle. Yeah. So, one of the first ones is Grief, which uh, is a 2 and 2 black, 3-2 with Menace. When Grief enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand... You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. So, uh, it also has Evoke. Exile a black card from your hand. So, Evoke reads whenever it dies. 
or whenever you uh, whenever you evoke it, it immediately once it enters the battlefield it is sacrificed. So you basically get a one-off and a death trigger if that's your thing. But uh, essentially, this is a free thought seize. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Seems pretty good. I think so too. I mean, yeah, just pitch a black card from your hand to thought seize somebody. Pretty good. And I mean, even if you're not doing that, it, you still get a three-two with menace that has that same ETB effect. Yeah. So. Yeah. Seems and pretty. I, I know there's more. There's more. They're not all together. They weren't all put together at the same time. But um, after that, we got Profane Tutor. A Demonic Tutor with Suspend 2. I'm not a huge fan of this card. Unless you're running like a Cascade build. Where you can Cascade and cast this card. Yeah. Or something like that. Like an As Foretold. Or whatever. Yeah. To go search for a card. Otherwise, you play this on turn 2 or turn 1. Or something like that. And then you don't get it for 2 turns. Eh. Seems alright. It's okay. I mean, if if you're a newer player to Magic and you're, like, on a budget and can't afford Demonic Tutor and all that or whatever, then, yeah, definitely slap it in your deck. But, like, for people who have budgets and who, well, who don't have budgets and have all the cards they need, I don't think it's that great unless it's a specific deck, like you said, where you're cascading into it. Other than that, it's like, okay, suspend, awesome. Now the whole rest of the table knows that I'm going to get a tutor here, and they're probably going to make sure to try to fuck me over hard when I go to either resolve whatever it was that I tutored for or... Yeah, you know, opposition agent. Yeah, flash like it's, op a, agent. it's a pretty telegraphed, I can now play opposition agent on yeah. this thing. Um, They're like, oh, I see you suspended that. I'm going to Vampiric Tutor for my op agent, and then I'm going to cast that when you go to yeah. Resolve for Tutor. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, we got Unmarked Grave, a sorcery for one and a black. It says, search your library for non-legendary card. Put that card in your graveyard, then shuffle. Um, there are a ton of non-legendary cards that I could put in the grave. Um, Buried Alive does it for one more mana for creatures. Uh, I think I would get, like, Life from the Low, maybe? If I'm running a graveyard deck. Or possibly Dread Return. Yeah. Something that I can use. Yeah, I think this. I think that this card is really good in, in the builds that want it. Outside yeah. of that, I feel like we already have this effect pretty much, like, quite a bit. Like, search your library for a card, put it in your graveyard. Like, you know, search for a creature, put it in the grave. I feel like there's enough effects already that kind of do the same thing. But not to say, if if you're trying to build around a, a theme that puts things in the graveyard, then you probably want this. Like, I wouldn't yeah. see a reason why Marin wouldn't want this. Like Or something like that. You know? Graveyard decks. Yeah. So. Uh, Rashidun Dockhand. For one blue, you get a 1-2 Merfolk with Island Block that is Rashidun Port. Yeah, I really like this card. Honestly, really? I do. Yeah, like when I first seen it, I'm not a I'm not a big blue player or anything like that. But I think this I think this card is strong. I think it's a really strong card. I mean, one mana you get a one two with Island Walk. I I mean I don't really see why you'd be swinging or whatever unless you're playing like sixty card format. But just being able to pay one and tap down a land 
like I don't know. I, I just feel like it's really good when it's like, oh, somebody's got that cradle out, and you're just like, I'm just gonna pay one and tap your cradle down on your upkeep. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. I just feel like it, it's a it's a strong card. I don't necessarily think it's great for EDH, you know, in our format or whatever. But I think the card itself is a really good card for one blue mana and being able to have that ability. Yeah, I mean, even trying to lock down some of the lands that are problematic, you know, you people's Nykthoses, yeah. uh, Gaia's Cradles, things that just generate a fuck ton of Cabal Coffers. Cabal Coffers. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I turn your Cabal Coffers off in, on your upkeep. Yeah. But. I, I like that one. Yeah. Timeless Dragon. Uh, there's a card called Eternal Dragon, which is... Not the same, but close. <laughs> very, very close. Uh, three and two white for a 5-5 five, five flyer dragon with planes cycling two, which means you can pay two, discard it, and go search for planes, put it in your hand. And eternalize, which is two and two white to put a 4-4 four, four token of timeless dragon into play. Uh, you have to exile it from the graveyard. Ah, I mean, it seems like a good twofer. It might be decent in token decks or something like that. But yeah. uh, I think this is more of a limited. Definitely yeah. like a limited creature. Gives you like two bombs with flying when you're just trying to push out advantage. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I probably... I can't think of anything off the top of my head like an EDH that I would run it really for. But yeah. definitely limited. It, it, that's definitely a bomb. 5-5 five, five flyer, and then, yeah, you get it back again. Yeah, pretty decent. Uh, next we have Dakon Shadow Slayer. So if you're unfamiliar with uh, Dakon Blackblade... Uh, yeah, Dakon Blackblade was a... Legendary creature from Legends and then reprinted in Chronicles. Has one of my favoritest, uh, what is it, flavor texts of all time. My power is as vast as the plains. My strength is that of the mountains. And each wave that crashes upon the shore thunders like blood in my veins. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty epic. Yep. And apparently uh, became a planeswalker. He thundered hard enough, and now he's a Planeswalker. Pretty cool. Um, he's Esper Colored, which his original card was Esper Colors. And Dakon Shadow Slayer enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters equal to the number of lands you control. Uh, talk about like a late game Esper Bomb. Because yeah. uh, you can play this thing for three mana, and your turn seven, eight, nine, ten, you have seven, eight, nine, or ten lands. You can auto-use his ultimate ability, which is negative six. You may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. That's pretty strong. Yeah. So essentially, if it's late game for three mana, you can reanimate something. Artifact or creature. Or no. Yeah, not creature. Artifact. But... Yeah, from you know, either you from, I mean. your from your hand, hand or, or from graveyard. graveyard. Yeah, yeah. I I like that ability too. I think I think this guy is really gonna pair uh, real good with uh, Nevin Ural from Commander uh, Le mm. from the Legends. 
Yeah. Like, I think he goes really well with him and all sorts of just artifacty graveyard, in and out of the graveyard with artifacts type effects. I, I think strong, his strongest ability is his negative three, which is just exile target creature. Yeah. So, Bye. you know, did you, do you have just the three lands that you used to play this? You still get three, and you can exile target creature. So it could just be an unmake or something like that. Yeah. You know. Three mana exile a creature. I mean that's that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I honestly like this surveil mechanic. I, I've been a fan of surveil since that mechanic came out, and I really do like it. And for plus one to be able to surveil too, I mean, I I honestly kind of like that. Like, yeah. Especially with the with the whole thingy being like artifact recursion style style. It's like. Okay, I get to look at the top two. Oh, they're both artifacts. Throw them in my graveyard. I get them back. Yeah. I, I like it. I think he's a pretty well-balanced uh, planeswalker that isn't, like, overly insane. And I like it. I think they did a good job with it. Yeah. Uh, next, we have some Old Border Prince of Universal Automaton, which is just a changeling 1-1 one, one for 1. In uh, Hull of Heliod's Generosity, which was a land from the uh, Theros... Uh, there's, what the fuck is it called? Beyond Death. Beyond Death, yeah. There's Beyond Death. And, or no, it was in the original. Yeah. Original Modern Horizons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just Modern getting, Horizons it's just getting one. an old yeah. Porter reprint. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to get a foil of this card. <laughs> um... One of the cards that's kind of flying out of the radar, but I, I think I really like it for CDH... Is a prismatic ending. X and white for a sorcery. It's only detriment, really. Say, exile target non-land permanent if its mana value is less than or equal to the number of colors of mana spent to cast the spell. So you can just spend one mana and exile a one or zero drop. Somebody pops their soul ring down, get rid of it. Somebody pops a mana crypt down, get rid of it. You know. I, I I think it can be strong. The only thing hindering it is that it's a sorcery. That's it. This was an instant. This would be broke. I know. Well, I just don't understand why they don't just break some fucking cards for white, dude. Come on, just give white something real fucking good. Like seriously, like this smothering card would tithe be good. So amazing if it was instant speed. Yeah, smothering tithe good. Just print five <laughs> other smothering tithe cards. Just give us, just yeah, just give us one set that just totally just goes bonkers for white, and then yeah, guess what, wizards? Then you get to have another master set two years down the road where you can reprint those cards again because we all know they'll be insanely expensive because everyone will be super hype on having finally having good white cards. Yeah, to play you with. don't look at the secondary market, <laughs> so it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, easy. <laughs> well, you know, Dale. You're the one who's been hoping and praying, so you go ahead and do the next five cards. Um. All right, so I guess I'll s start out with the card that I've been waiting for for, oh, man, I don't know, since since I've been playing Magic. So, uh, Chatterfang, Squirrel General. Two colorless, one green for a legendary Squirrel Warrior. It's at Mythic. It's a 3-3. Three, three. It has Forest Walk. And it also has, if one or more tokens would be created under your control, those tokens 
plus that many 1-1 green squirrel creature tokens are created instead. But wait, there's more. For one black, sacrifice X squirrels, target creature gets plus X minus X until the end of turn. This thing is just, this is what I've been waiting for. I was going to say, like, is, is, is this what you wanted? Finally, yes. All I've been saying for years now is just give me a legendary squirrel that makes squirrel tokens. I don't care how it makes squirrel tokens, just at least make it make squirrel tokens. And now I get a three mana pseudo doubling season effect or parallel lives effect that's just like, oh, I drop a venture Zendikar? Oh, well, I get double as many tokens. Half of them are going to be squirrels. Like, I love it. And the fact that it has, like, kill spell. Being able to just kill something for one black and sacking? Oh, yeah, dude. I love it. This thing's awesome. Yeah. I'm so pumped for it. So, definitely uh, taking apart my Yorvo uh, squirrel deck and going to have to slot Yorvo uh, into the 99 and, like, tool, tool around with. Definitely adding in all obviously in all, peace, the, Yorvo. all the tutors are definitely going straight yep. into it. So, but rest yeah. in peace, Yorvo. You did good. Yeah, I, that's been my one of my favorite decks for a long time. So I think that's your longest deck. I think you've had that deck the longest. Yeah, put together for the longest. Yeah, definitely. Um, after that we have Squirrel Mob. One green green for a creature squirrel that's a 2-2 that has squirrel mob gets a plus one plus one for each other squirrel on the battlefield and that's a rare which to be honest with you i don't think that should have been a rare i think that should just be an uncommon but hey i'm not gonna knock it it's another squirrel that gets bigger with more squirrels being on the battlefield so i do like that uh after that we have another we have an uncommon Squirrel Sanctuary for one green, which is an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you create a 1-1 one, one green squirrel. And then it also has whenever a non-token creature you control dies, you can pay one. If you do, you can bounce that back to your hand. So you can get multiple squirrel tokens out of it. Uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm not, like, super pumped about it, but obviously it's going to go into my deck just because it's squirrel, so... And But this one I actually am pretty pumped about. It's an uncommon two-drop, so it's one card listen to green for Squirrel Sovereign, which is a Squirrel Noble 2-2, two, two, and it's a Squirrel Lord. So other squirrels you control get plus one, plus one. I think it's freaking high time that we get actual squirrels that are Squirrel Lords that we've been needing this for a while. So. You should It should have been, you know, if it's going to be one in a green... Should have just been like priest of Squirrel Tania, and like <laughs> tap for a green for every squirrel on the field. Yes. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I am really happy with the uh, squirrels uh, getting some solid uh, creatures that are squirrels printed in this set. It does make me happy, and hopefully they'll keep printing some, keep uh, boosting the tribe up, you know, so I don't have to run changelings and other crap that isn't actually squirrels so i think that's pretty sweet um you got ravenous squirrel oh yeah yeah the one one where's that one drop golgari yeah so it's a hybrid mana you can either pay a black or a green for a one one squirrel 
and the flavor text is great on this one. But its uh, abilities are whenever you sacrifice an artifact or creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ravenous Squirrel. And then for one colorless, one black, one green, sacrifice an artifact or creature, you gain a life and draw a card. And the flavor text says, <laughs> I love it. Nope, no monsters in that forest. <laughs> Nothing in there but squirrels. I love it. And the artwork is just great. It's just looking like a rabid squirrel, like... Uh, grasping a snake in its teeth and it's on a tree looking like it's about to stuff this tree hole with the snake which is already filled with uh, a human or some type of hand hand human a hand. bird a bunch of other stuff just stuffed into this tree so yeah this squirrel looks quite rabid and ravenous yep yeah yeah i'm glad i'm glad you finally got your squirrel general You've only been waiting for years. <laughs> yeah. I'm so pumped about it, too. I was like, as soon as I see it, I was like, finally. A little tear came to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Yep. I was pretty pumped. If we, uh, if we go out of Squirrel Town, next card is Fractured Sanity. Three blue mana for a sorcery. Each opponent mills 14 cards. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, yeah. For three mana, milling 14 cards. Jeebus. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like, like man. Bruvac? Like Bruvac deck? Yeah. Which is gonna Mill be... Mill 28 cards? Mill 28 <laughs> cards for three, three mana? Ugh. I'm just like, man, I think they... like. Well, they're probably not going to reprint any Eldrazi's anytime soon or like you know print anything new with like shuffle effects I doubt yeah but man that is just brutal I mean Mill is getting pretty good like they're getting a, Mill's getting a lot of like real real strong yeah. cards yeah Bruvac was pretty good I, I like I liked Bruvac uh, hard to get a hold of because of Jumpstart's shit-tastic release and yeah you know print problems and covid and whatever and ugh yeah you know, getting a hold of a brewback there was like brewbacks were like 60 bucks insane i mean if you can get your hands on a brewback though running brewback with the persistent petitioners with the fractured sanity now and then uh what's the other one that was mill half your library uh, oh the <sighs> from zendikar no no this one was from uh uh, Hour of Devastation, maybe? No. No, Magnum no. Cacophony. No, not that one, no. It's literally mill half, target player mills half their library. Actually, it doesn't say mill. Yeah, Traumatize. Like, That's uh, from M12, forever ago. Maybe M12. Oh, it's old. Traumatize, okay. old card. So, yeah. W but, yeah, dude. Bruvac with Persistent Partitions, Traumatize, Fractured Sanity, Fleet Swallower, like... There's a lot of cards now that just are basically like, yeah, if you have Bruvac, and then you cast that and target somebody, if they don't have Titan, well. Uh, if you don't have a Titan, you can have Guy's Blessing if you're running green. <laughs> yeah. Does the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then, then it's one of those things where it's like, do you want to have that in your deck? Because, trust me, I have plenty of those. And I've had them sitting in my uh, case multiple times because for some reason I kept playing against a bunch of freaking mill decks. But then it's like, 
Do I want to put that in there just to sideboard an EDH against, like, the occasional person that just plays some hardcore mill deck? It's like, no. Then I just never even put it in there. <laughs> and then I just get owned by the mill deck because I don't have my Titan in it. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I definitely think decent card. If you can get a hold of a Bruvac, it's just insane. 28 cards for uh, three mana. Dope. That's just, that's over a quarter of a commander deck in one go. Yeah, and it's every each opponent, man. That is yeah. just strong. And even if you just cycle it for two, everyone mills four is still pretty decent. Yep. Uh, next is Sarah's Emissary, which, as of you know tradition, oh, it's a white mythic that costs seven. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, four, wizards. Yeah, four and three white for a flying seven-seven. As Sarah's Emissary enters the battlefield, you choose a card type. You and creatures you control are protection from the chosen card type. Uh, it's a pretty strong effect. Like, I'm unsure. I think it's really good against, you know, like, single win con decks. Like, if your opponent's trying to grape shot you, you know, you can yeah. say sorcery. And bam, now you are immune to Grape Shot. All your creatures are immune to Grape Shot. This, that, and the other thing. Um, if you're fighting against, like, the Turbo Snoop, like, Red Deck. Yeah. Or, you know, even I've seen Grixis or Jund lists that are the Turbo Snoop. Um, just say creatures. The yeah. Turbo Snoop can't win. Or a Safi Eric Strader with Blasting Station artifact. Can't yep. get hit by it, or any of the millions of Death Star Beam Cannon freaking Aetherflux Reservoir decks. Definitely. Solid card, but honestly, Wizards, seven mana, really. This should be a one-drop. This should be a one-drop seven-seven flyer that does that. That's what we need in white. It's a, it's a one-drop... <laughs> Comes in as a 1-1 unless your starting life total is above 30. Then it comes in as a 7-7 flyer with all the rest of the abilities. <laughs> Tell me Someone that put Dale great. on the design team. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be great. Uh, I mean, no, though, seriously, everybody always says how great... Uh, uh, what is it? The 1-1 that turns into a 6-6 flyer with lifelink. In, uh, in Commander. Sarah uh, Ascendant. Sarah Ascendant, yeah. So, yeah. Just give us another Sarah Ascendant that's, like, really good and white, and then, like, people will be, like, super happy. Because that's honestly what white needs is, like, super strong stuff at low CMC. Since we can't get ramp and we can't get, like, anything else, then just give us good stuff for cheaper. Yeah. Agreed. Um the this this next card brings up a good point that there is a slot in the Modern Horizon 2 uh pack that is for cards not printed yet into modern but are reprints. So they're reprints of older cards but they're not reprinted into modern and it shows as a rare which is why the card Wonder, which is originally from Judgment, uh, I think. Don't quote me on that. But uh, Wonder is one of the incarnations. It's a four drop. 
It says, Flying 2-2, two, two, whenever... Uh, as long as Wonder is in your graveyard and you control an island, creatures you control have flying. Um, Wonder is part of the original cycle, I believe, of Anger, Brawn, and all those other ones. Anger, Anger, Brawn, Wonder, Black is Terror, or Fear, no, Dread? No. I honestly, Fuck. I can't I have I can't no idea. Remember. It's been, like, most of those cards don't really see too much play in yeah. EDH, so. But, uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty cool one, I mean, for, for modern, like, you know, definitely. Running, uh, if you're running a, ty- a mill deck or something, or, like, some type of aggro mill or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's in your graveyard and now your stuff has flying, like. But just as a, just as a point of fact, it is listed as a rare, but it's going to be in that other slot, so it doesn't eat your rare slot, because holy shit, if I paid what they want for a pack of Modern Horizons 2 and I got fucking Wonder as my rare, I'd probably stop buying packs altogether. Yeah, I'd probably wipe my ass with it and then mail it to them. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't do that, because that's probably somehow illegal. illegal, Probably. Yeah. I'd pretend I did that, because I'd be mad. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, here's a card I actually wanted to talk about. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, it's a two-drop blue, uh, Rise and Shine, one colorless, one blue, sorcery speed. Target non-creature artifact you control becomes a zero-zero artifact creature. Put four plus one counters on it on each artifact that became a creature this way. And it also has overload for six for four colorless and two blue. So essentially, say you're playing Urza and you got like, you know, six or seven non-creature artifacts you can pay six mana and all of a sudden all those artifacts become four four beaters i like it i think it's cool in in any type of like artificer style deck where you're just really ramping hard with artifact stuff and then just out of nowhere one turn you can just be like boom six mana my whole entire board turns into four four beaters bam smack whoever it is that's been screwing with you the whole game or yeah or whatever. I like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, there is some reprints, or, uh, there is some prints of some good mechanics. We got a storm card. Spreading Insurrection, four and a red. Gain control of target creature you don't control. On tap that creature, it gains haste. Storm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, too. I like the artwork on it, too. It's like, uh, Ixalan artwork. Yeah. Spreading Insurrection. Um... One thing that I think is interesting and is also flying under the radar, late to dinner, it's a sorcery, four mana, mono white, three and one white. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, create a food token. Yeah, that is that is mono white white reanimation at common. Yeah, I like that. For four mana? Damn. Yeah, I really like that. And. Wow, this is the first time I've looked at this card, and I'm I'm gonna say the artwork is cool as fuck. Is awesome. Wow, that yeah, is that spectral is elephant coming yeah. to eat with his rhinoceros pal. Dude, that's awesome. Seriously, the artwork looks seriously amazing. Kev Walker always don't, he's don't he, he's always done awesome artwork, and yeah, that is sick. It's cool, and yeah, definitely four mana recursion for white. And you, get the, and you get the food token, too. It's like, yeah, that's what's up. I like it. Yeah, um, we got uh, 
We got Sword of Hearth and Home, which is a new sword. Uh, one of the swords... The swords generally are always three mana that equip for two. They give the equipped creature plus two, plus two, and pro uh, two colors. So this one is green and white. Uh, whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target creature you own. Then search your library for a basic land card. Put both cards onto the battlefield under your control, then shuffle. This gets you a basic land untapped from your library on damage. So, I think that's really fucking good. Also, it, like, getting an untapped land, great, right? Having pro uh, white, which is ridiculously good at removal. Yeah. And green, which has the biggest beefy boys, usually, that you're going to want to get through on a battlefield. I think this is a fantastic sword. Yeah, I really like this one, too. Basically the, says, nope, you ain't going to remove me for one, and I'm just going to go right through you big guys. Yeah, and... Especially one target creature you own, you flicker. So if somebody is stealing your shit, you yeah. can flicker it and it will come back. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Somebody steals it, you go, okay, well, I dealt combat damage and now I get it back on um, yep. my battlefield. Uh, it's pretty pretty decent. I, I think this is a great sword. Um, you know, one of the better ones, I believe. Yeah, I, it's definitely going to be testing, like testing to see if it just you know folds harder to you know black removal or something like that. Uh, but I definitely will be picking up a copy at least, at least one. Yeah, um, I'll be definitely running the crap out of it. It's going straight in my chatter fang for sure. Oh, definitely for all my <laughs> token generating ETB effects. Yep, and. Uh, now, we're kind of skimming over some of the some of the other cards, some of the commons and and stuff like that. But really, we're trying to trying to get through some of the interesting stuff. Uh, Void Mirror. Now, this boy, I think it could change the face of CDH. I agree. Uh, Void Mirror, a two mana artifact that says whenever a player casts a spell, if no colored mana was spent to cast it, count out that spell. Cascade, shut off. Artifact decks that are like artif like colorless commander deck shut off completely. Yeah. yeah, completely shut off. Eldrazi Tron, sorry. Yeah, um, it it was said that in modern this turns off the entirety of the Tron deck. You know, yeah, just completely. <laughs> are you casting stuff with your Tron? Are you trying to turn three Tron? Well, this is a two drop. So turn two. Oh. You're going to search and do your thing and find your tower and do this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> well, guess what? You have seven mana to cast into a getting countered. Yeah. I, I like this card. I think it's great. I think it's really good for Commander as well, For it, especially for, like, CEDH. I think it's really great. Any time that you're going to be able to jam this out, like, say you're the first player and this is in your opening hand, you have a Crypt or a freaking Soul Ring, and you just jam this out turn one, every other player after you who was going to jam out a bunch of artifacts. So let me drop my Mox. Let me do this. Let me get that Grim Monolith and all that. It's like, nope. None of y'all are doing that. <laughs> yeah. And then you just get such a good advantage from it if you're able yeah. to get that out first. I really like it. It's a great card. Yeah. And uh, really, you know, casting... Uh, ugh, 
God. Like, this thing just hoses a lot of really good stuff. So, definitely think, definitely think you need to pick this up. If you're, it's not even a spec. People are already blowing up about it. Yeah. You know? People are going to be running this in their sideboards in Modern for Tron. People are going to be running this for Affinity. People are going to be um, running this in CDH to try and, you know, just glack people in the first couple turns. Like, if this is if this is my opening hand and I have a way to cast it turn one, I'm running this out there because they either, they either have to have the force of will or they don't. Yeah, exactly. You know, they either have to force of negation or force of will this, or they lose it. You're going to lose the force of will, the, the advantage that it gives you by not being, not by not uh, paying mana to cast it. You get nothing. You get garbage. Yeah. You know, someone wants to force a vigor on on their turn. Well, if it's already on the field, you got to wait till your turn. You got to wait till you have four mana. Yeah. Because. Uh, <laughs> I, dude, I mean, this thing's just really good, too. And, I, and there's plenty of things outside of, like, the competitive, trying to, like, play hard to win style. Like, I mean, seriously, how many times have you just been playing commander games where somebody has, like, the, uh, you know, Thrandynamo or something out and they tap that to go into another artifact? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, tons of times in commander, people tap their colored mana, jam out a an artifact that taps for two or three and then go to cast another artifact off of that. And it's like, just shuts that down. I mean, I, I definitely feel like Void Mirror will do plenty of work in even just casual Commander decks. Like, I really honestly think that it's good enough to, you know, maybe not in every deck, but to at least, if you got like four or five decks... Slot it in one or two of them and just see, you know, give it a, a play test through and, and see. I'm sure it's going to do some work. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, notable reprint, Patriarch's Bidding. This was a card, I believe, from Onslaught Block that was a rare, and I think it was around like 25 bucks. Uh, it's a mass reanimation spell, three and two black. Uh, each player chooses a creature type, then returns all creatures of that type from their graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, this is obviously a huge uh, tribal, you know, it's kind of a staple card if you're in black. Because you have a lot of ways to put a lot of shit in your graveyard, and then you can get it all out. Now, the reason why it's only 5 mana is because everybody else gets to do it too. But if they're not running a tribal thing, they get much less of an advantage than you do. Uh, this was popular in some sliver builds, uh, Shadowborn Apostles, and things like that, where you're just gonna be throwing a bunch of the same shit into the into the trash can, and then you're just gonna get it all back out. You know. Yeah. Um, the the next thing, uh, Deep Forest Hermit in the old border. You're gonna you're gonna be trying to snag that up. Yeah, I think that's pretty dope. I'm definitely gonna try to pick one of those up for sure. And then. I think these next, you know, 10, 10 or so cards are just insane. You know, let's just fucking do it. Garth One-Eye. This boy? Yeah. Uh, wow. Let me just read him to you. So he's Wooberg, which means he's one of every color. For a legendary human wizard, 5-5. Five, five. Now this is the kicker. You tap him. 
Choose a card name that has not been chosen from among Disenchant, Brain Geyser, Terror, Shivan Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. You create a copy of the card with the chosen name. You may cast the copy. You still pay its costs. So, you make a copy of the spell, and then you can cast it. So you have to pay the mana for it. But, if you missed out on that last one in there, that's a motherfucking Black Lotus. Yes. Uh, Black Lotus, if you're unfamiliar, have lived under a rock for the past 25 plus years. Uh, Black Lotus is a legend of a Magic the Gathering card. It's from It was printed in the uh, first three sets only. And it is a zero-drop artifact that tap and sacks itself to create three mana of any one color. Now, obviously, you can see why that is extremely strong. But uh, that card is a reserve list card, never to be printed again. And this dude just gets to make a copy of it. Yeah, so... Here, disgusting. Here's, here's my thing with that that, I mean, I really needs to be talked about. That is creating a token that has to be cast, so it has to have its converted mana cost in it, which means that they are going to print a token copy of that. So in some of your packs of cards, you're going to get tokens, and one of those tokens is going to be a Black Lotus token. So effectively, they have reprinted black lotus now i'm assuming they're probably going to like make the border be like updated to where it's like a silver border or something like that or maybe the backside of the card isn't the regular magic the gathering backside maybe it's a dual flip token where one side's brain geyser the other side's you know the black black lotus or whatever but you know dude I mean, come on. They that that they just reprinted Black Lotus. Like, I mean, that's cool. Straight up. And no, and I'm all for it. I'm like super glad that they finally found a way to get around the reserve list, and I'm pumped. And all I can say is, hey, make something that makes tokens of Taiga, makes token Tundras. Come on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> give, we'll, give we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, if you didn't catch the cycle that's on, on the card, he creates one card of every color and an artifact. So, Disenchant is a white card, Brain Geyser is a blue card, Terror is a black card, Shivid Dragon is a red card, and Regrowth is a green card. And then Black Lotus is obviously an artifact. Um, just cool. There are a lot of loops that you can do with a Deadeye Navigator, this, and a Haste Enabler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this like, card infinite mana seems pretty good. Like I when I first seen it, I was just like, this card's just dumb. I mean, seriously. No way, dude. This I card was, is so I was freaking hyped. broken. <laughs> Come I on. I was so hyped, dude. <laughs> I'm like like you said, if you have a haste enabler in any way to just flicker this thing, it's just ridiculous. Like even if you don't even if you can't flicker it, you get haste and boom. Tap it immediately, like, dude, it's so good. For five mana, 
You get a five-five with just what some creates cherry a copy, abilities. right? It creates a copy of the to- of the thing, right? So it's a token, right? Can you have you know the new Simic commander out and have <laughs> it just make two black lotuses? Yeah, black low tie. Yeah, like exactly. do you get two Shivan dragons? I need like I don't know. Yeah, because it doesn't say it's a it doesn't say it's a token. But, like, there's two permanent spells in there. There's a Shivan Dragon and a Black Lotus. Is there going to be a Shivan Dragon token and a Black Lotus token? Yeah, there has to be because on in the last in the last set, when it said create a copy, it spe- specified if the copy is a permanent, it's a token. That's right, yep. But at the same time, too, it's like, uh, well... Um, these tokens that we're creating, like, are they legendary? Like, no. is Shivan Dragon Dragon legendary? Is Black Lotus legendary? So, mm-hmm. like, now I can just create like tons of tokens of it. Like, well, it, you can only choose one that hasn't been done before. That's the caveat. Yeah, like, but if I have, if I have the <laughs> Dead Eye Navigator, yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm just gonna make a bunch of Black Lotus. Then I'm gonna turn them all into non. I'm going to turn all my non-creature artifacts into creature artifacts, and then I'm going to kill you with Black Lotus. Well, so with the Haste Enabler and uh, Dead Eye Navigator, the Haste Enabler is going to make sure all your Shivan Dragons can attack, right? So the whole thing is you generate infinite mana with the Black Lotus and the Bounce, and then you use a, you know, a thousand Black Lotuses to cast, you know, X amount of Shivan Dragons. I think two Black Lotuses per Shivan Dragon, so you get... A thousand black lotuses, that's five hundred shivan dragons. And then you have five hundred shivan dragons with haste. If you have a haste enabler. Can, yeah. uh, saying that the haste enabler is not a set of greaves. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? And if it's not greaves, then you can also just be like, I'm just gonna brain geyser everybody at the table exactly. they draw their whole deck. Oh wait, you all have shuffle things? I'll just drop my whole deck in lab man. Yeah, if it's if it's greaves, then you can brain geyser everybody. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, interesting card. <laughs> interesting fucking card. Uh, we'll see how much this boy's gonna be. Garth the One Eye should have yeah. been more like the All Seeing Eye because he's just like doing everything. He's like, no, I he's can draw Garth- my deck, I can mill you out, I can kill you with Shivan tons dragons. Of yeah. <laughs> I'm creating black lotuses. So there was a hint for this next card. There was a hint by Sheldon Menery that there's going to be a rules update based around it. Grist. The Hunger Tide, which is a three-mana Golgari Planeswalker. So one, a black and a green. Uh, he's a three-loyalty Planeswalker with the tagline, uh, static ability, as long as Grist the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it is a 1-1 one, one insect creature in addition to its other types. So it's basically a Planeswalker that's, you know, a thousand insects in a trench coat. Um... Being that you, it is a creature in every other zone, uh, it can be your commander. Yeah. So instead of printing, you know, X can be your commander. Like, Doretti can be your commander. Or Estrid or Tevez Zot or whatever can be your commander. Uh, Grist can be your commander, but doesn't just specify that. Yeah. Which means, you know, Grist can now be reanimated by creature reanimation spells. Yeah, or it's pretty cool. Or tutored out of your deck. Yeah, you know, you know, worldly tutor for this guy. 
Yep, or a green sun zenith, or whatever, yeah. you know? So, his abilities are, plus one, create a 1-1 one, one black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat the process. That seems like you could do some spicy interactions and stuff. Yeah, that seems interesting. So you make insects, and then you uh, then you mill. So it's good to fill your graveyard with creatures, and maybe a patriarch's bidding is in the future for insects. Yeah. But uh, as neg two is, you may sack a creature when you do destroy target creature or planeswalker. Uh, you're going to be in this. It's a Golgar deck, first of all. You're going to be making the tokens that you're going to explode. So it does a really good job of removal, of spot removal. So every other turn, uh, you can create this insect and blow something up, you know. <laughs> and you'll get three turns of that before it will actually die from the negative usage. And then he has a minus five. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. That right there can just be the yeah. wombo kill everybody. Yeah, that's that's such a good minus five. Like, like that's so good. One of my earliest commander decks, uh, Golgar, the Golgari Lich Lord, Gerard, focused on self mill and then getting Lord of Extinction out when I, my library was in the grave, and then hurling him at everyone. You know, if I throw Lord of Extinction, everybody loses amount of life equal to the cards in my graveyard. Which was always over 40, usually. Uh, now, this specifies creature cards, but honestly, the plus one incentivizes you to build a creature-heavy deck. Uh, especially if this is your commander. Which, can we also just say that the fucking art is disgusting and Dude, awesome? the art is... The art, art is sick. The art is awesome, man. Seriously. Yeah. Just crazy good. It really is. Um... Yeah, so we're going to see what the rules update has coming for that. Uh, next card, we got Priest of the Felrites is a an Orzov rare, uh, or whatever the fuck, Silver Quail. Uh, you get a 2-2 Human Warlock that says, Tap and pay three life, sacrifice Priest of the Felrites, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate only as a sorcery. Now it also has the ability Unearth. Uh, which Unearthed says, you can pay the Unearthed cost, return this card from the graveyard of the battlefield, it gains haste, and exile it at the beginning of the next end step, or if it would leave the battlefield. Unearthed only as a sorcery. So, you can pay five and unearth it, it has the haste already, you pay the three life, and then you can get another creature card from your graveyard. So, it's it's interesting, it's, it's good reanimation, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I'm not really particularly wowed by it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not really thinking it's, like, too crazy. I mean, it's all right. Uh, yeah. Next, we have the card that uh, is pretty fucking cool. Uh, Progenitor Ooze. Ave. I think that's how it's gonna, I'm going to say it. A-E-V-E. Progenitor Ooze. For two and three green legendary creature, Ooze, it has Storm. So when you cast a spell, copy it for each spell cast before it's turn. The copies become tokens. Yeah, you can just make a shitload of your commander. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then... Ave is not legendary if it's a token. So they don't just all blow up immediately. Yeah. 
And uh, Ave enters the battlefield with plus one, plus one counter on it for each other ooze you control. Yes, so the Aves will see each other. And just get huge. Yeah. Um, so I think this could be an alternate, you know, win con in, like, uh, your Cogla deck. You know, where you're casting a bunch of spells. Yeah. Or any green deck. Now, the, the the actual card itself is three green and two. That's pretty intensive on the green. You're either going to want this to be in a mono green deck of some sort. Or as the commander. So you can take advantage of it being in the zone. Um, first of all, this fucking food chain. Yeah. Definitely you another know, food chain. Card. If you can, if you can get this to go off, uh, yeah, especially with a food chain, because each um, copy of Ave that you sacrifice the food chain will give you an extra mana, and the storm keeps cumulatively adding and adding and adding and adding. You'll get more Aves. So you can sack the food chain to get more mana to cast Ave again. It, it just seems pretty interesting. Yeah. I think this card's pretty good, too. Like you said, uh, in my Cogla deck, Mono Green, I definitely will probably slot this in there. Just for the simple fact that, like, that deck, it gets to the point where a lot of times I do. I run out of, like, oh, crap, I can't hit a win con. It's good to have this in there. Even though I'll have infinite mana, I might not be able to, like, draw my deck. But I can bounce stuff, so... Yeah, I think it'll be, like, good to be able to, you know, just storm off real hard and then at least be able to cast this at the end and get a ton of just massive dudes and then maybe I have Concordant Crossroads drop that and win. Yeah. It, just an interesting card, a creature with storm. Yeah. Um, next up, I mean, we're, we're running this uh, a little bit long, but uh, we, I at least want to get to the last two rares that have been spoiled. Um, Zabaz, the Glimmer Wasp, uh, a Boros artifact, and it is a one drop with modular one. If a modular triggered ability would put one or more one one counters on a creature you control, put that many plus one 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 counters on it instead. So it is a zero zero with modular one. I believe it will put a modular uh, on itself. I'm not sure if that's true. I'd have to look at the rules for modular. If it's a replacement effect, then it won't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it is Boros, so it has the two abilities. A For a red, you can destroy target artifact. You control as a way to make modular interesting. And red, uh, white, one white, Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp gains flying until end of turn. So you can give this... Uh, it's an interesting little card for a one drop that you can give flying and is in Boros, which is great for equipment. So yeah. it can so it can have flying, you can put strap equipments to it, and then uh, it's just a, just an interesting little thing. I think uh, if you're using it with like Arcbound Ravager and stuff, you can get really huge really quick. But uh, we'll have to see. 
Maybe there's some tech I'm missing. I'm not really huge into the modular cards. I've never really comboed with an Arcbound Ravager or anything like that. Yeah. I've done like I've done some like combos around Arcbound Ravager, but only as a sack outlet. I've never really done like modular. But um, interesting to see where the the Boros B comes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then our last rare that has been previewed is Chef's Kiss. It is one and two red for an instant. Gain control of target spell that targets only a single permanent or player. Copy it, then reselect the targets at random for the spell and the copy. The new targets can't be you or a permanent you control. Seems pretty interesting. Uh, somebody about to shit in your mouth with a blue sun zenith to kill you? That seems pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. You, now you uh, copy that infinite blue sun zenith and guess what? Target can't be you. Yeah. So that's funny as fuck. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I can't wait to Chef's Kiss something ridiculous. Yeah. You know, if uh, somebody tries to, you know, rip a fat burn spell to my face, you know, even like a Bane Fire <laughs> that can't be countered, if someone's like, oh yeah, here's a Bane Fire for 40, I'm like, well, I'm not going to counter it. I'm just going to copy it. I'm going to shoot it at you. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. if you die, the original copy leaves the stack because you're dead. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. Yeah, I like this card a lot, too. I think it's pretty flavorful, pretty great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. This is going to have some real fun times at the table when someone just tries to just rip a fast spell and you're like... In response, and then you just cast this. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It'll I'm trying great. to think of like, like a really good, uh, like Beast Within, or Generous Gift, or something like that. They're yeah. trying to Beast Within your win con. You're just like, no, I'm gonna copy Beast Within. I'm gonna point it at not me. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a really, really cool card. Artwork, pretty sweet. Flavor, awesome. Cooked to perfection, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great flavor, too. Um, definitely an interesting card. Really want to pick up a copy just to fucking test it out. Um, one of the cards I think is interesting only because it gives uh, the Angie, or Anya, or whatever the fuck her name is, the Madness deck, Kitchen Imp, uh, gives you another card with Madness to discard and draw. So, well done, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Subtlety is the actual last rare I, I, I fucked up. But uh, that's if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know that that is not uh, an uncommon thing. Uh, it is a four-mana incarnation with flash and flying for 3-3. Three, three. When Subtlety enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell. Its owner puts it on the top or bottom of their library. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's either going to be Memory Lapse or Hinder. Depending on, uh, or spell crumple, I think. Yeah. It puts it on the bottom. Yeah. And it evoke is exile a blue card from your hand. So, essentially a free counter spell for creatures and planeswalkers. Yeah. Uh, if it was like non creatures, I would say that it would get a lot more play. But uh, creatures, I think it will at least see some some sort of play. Maybe as a sideboard option. I'll probably run it in. Uh I'll probably run it in one of my decks. Yeah. Just just to have it in there because I already run the uh 
the shark. I run the Voracious Great Shark, which is flash counter target uh, creature spell or artifact spell. I would probably put this in there instead. It's one CMC less, and uh, you know, I, I just think that having that ability to just pitch a blue card instead and not pay. I think I'd rather have this, and it's still kind of fun flavor. Yeah, I mean, it has flash. It's it's free. Someone's gonna find something to do with it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the roundup. We kind of uh, we kind of chugged through this for a fucking long time. Yeah. A lot of spoilers were were done, and uh, Modern Horizons two coming out soon. We're gonna be doing some, you know. I'm probably going to open a little bit of it. I I don't really care about this set because Dungeons & Dragons set is coming and uh, I'll, I'm exploding for that. So it's going to be up to you. you got to get that Shatterfang. you got to get all that stuff. And I mean, for me, I'm... I'm just going to buy some singles I'm just probably. buying singles, definitely. I mean, honestly, just... Yeah. Not really something I need to buy a bunch of boxes. The set is, is just, you know, I don't know, a little bit too... Too pricey, pricey for me, but like they printed cool cards, yeah. But um, the price tag, holy shit! Yeah, it's just it's too exorbitant for me to spend on. I'd rather just buy, you know, the, the singles eight, that you need, eight or nine cards that I want, and get Call those ones. Yeah. So, well, uh, let us know on uh, on our Instagram page. Uh, what cards are you looking forward to? thus far out of Modern Horizons 2. Uh, I, I want more spoilers for Dungeons & Dragons. That's what I want. I like. I could live without every single one of the cards in Modern <laughs> Horizons 2. I don't give a shit. Give me the Dungeons & Dragons shit. D&D! Yeah, but um, what, what cards are you looking forward to? What cards do you want to build around? Some cool new commanders. Um, what are you looking to get your hands on? Let us know. Please do. Uh, we'll be... Uh, I think the next time we'll record is probably after the release. Or on release. Right? Yeah, it'll Something like that. When does this fucking release? It'll be, I think it'll be after. It'll be the Monday or Tuesday after uh, the release. All right. So then we also have a tournament coming up as well, too, for uh, the release. Yeah, and w- once we get a little more detail on that, we'll uh, yeah, well, yeah. go over and see, see what happens there. Yeah, we'll definitely. If if we don't have another episode in between, then we'll give you the recap of what goes on. I think it's gonna be a uh, two-headed giant and a regular pods Ooh, event. Spicy. I believe so. But all right, yeah, yeah. Thanks for less, uh, sticking with us and uh, and checking out our takes on all these new cards that are coming out and. Uh, once again, I'm JB from the Commander's Vault. And I'm Dale. And uh, y'all, uh, y'all have a good evening.